So this morning, I, I, you know, I have a, a word for parents. Having raised three children myself, I know that it's not the easiest job in the world, but it is the most rewarding. But it is the most responsible thing you will ever do, of course, in your entire life. So in the Talmud, in Kiddushin 29, on page 29a, it says, The father is obligated to circumcise his son, to redeem him if he is firstborn, to teach him Torah, to find him a wife, and to teach him a trade or a profession. And Rabbi Judah says, Whoever does not teach his son a trade or a profession teaches him to be a thief. So we have a great responsibility in teaching our children what they must know about in this life in order to produce in them a blessing for themselves and for others. So I want to take a look at the lives of three great children from the Hebrew scriptures and from the Brit Hadashah. Just look at a couple of things that would be behoove any of us who have children to listen to. So our first one comes from from 1 Samuel, and is about Samuel as a young child. And it's the, the first thing I would tell you is teach our children to hear the voice of God. So in this portion it says, uh, so, so the Lord called Samuel again for the third time. See, Samuel had been given to Eli, the high priest, as an, as an assistant by his mother Hannah, who could not have children. She prayed, and God granted her Samuel. She devoted him to the Lord as a Nazarite, and he lived with Eli uh, as his uh, assistant. After that, Hannah had many children. And one night, Samuel is sleeping, and he begins to hear a voice. This child, dedicated to the Lord from the time he was born, heard a voice calling to him in the night. And we pick that story up here at this point, where it says, So the Lord called Samuel again for the third time, and he arose and he went to Eli, and he said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli discerned that the Lord was calling the boy. And Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be if he calls you, that you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And then the Lord came and stood and called as another time, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. You see, unless we teach our kids how to respond to God, how will they know? It's our responsibility. Teach your children. Teach your children well. Okay, I'm, I'm dating myself. All right. Uh, but it's the first thing that we're told. You see, in, in the last week, we looked at the Shema, and the Shema teaches, tells us, teach these things to your children when you rise up and when you lie down. We have a responsibility each and every day, not on Shabbos alone. See, friends, what I want to help you understand is the congregation is here to help you raise your children, 
but we are not here to do it all. We can't, it's not possible. We get them for a few hours on a Saturday morning and the world has them for the rest of that time. So do your best to take care of your children and teach them everything that they need to know. Do you know that the average American watches four and a half hours of television every day? Four and a half hours, the average American. And God only knows how much time the kids now spend on their devices. So guess who's teaching them if you are not? We have a big job, and we need to teach them how to hear the voice of God, not the voice of this world. You see, Eli understood that what Samuel was hearing was from the Lord. And he told them, he told them, when he, when he speaks to you, answer like this. And we need to teach our children the same thing. And when we teach them to hear his voice, they'll be able to do great things. Don't let the world capture our children. Don't let the world teach your children. You do it. Take the time and the effort to do so. The second child I'd like us to take a look at is Solomon. Solomon is a young man. His father David is now old and about to die. And David had one great desire in his life after all of the terrible things that he had gone through in becoming king of, uh, the king of Israel. He wanted to build the house of the Lord. But God would not let him do it. He said, he said David, I'm sorry. You have too much blood on your hands. You cannot build a house for me. That will be left to your son. You see, sometimes the first generation, and I know a little bit about this, having helped to build our movement, we get a lot of blood on our hands. It's one of those things. We fight and we struggle to create something from nothing. And it leaves us with scars and leaves us with uh, stuff. And I'll be the first one to admit that. But I want the next generation to be a generation of peace. Like Shlomo. Which is what his main name means. The peace of the Lord. May the next generation have greater peace than we had in this verse. It was a fun fight. But it's time to move into a time of peace. And so our responsibility is to make provision for the next generation. So it says in this portion, it said, David said, my son Solomon is young and inexperienced. And the house that is to be built for the Lord shall be exceedingly magnificent, famous, and glorious throughout all the lands. Therefore now I will make preparation for I will make preparation for it. So David made ample preparations before his death. And that's what I want to do for the next generation of this congregation, or the next generation of our Messianic Jewish community, is to make preparation, to store up for our community what is necessary to build that which will be exceedingly magnificent, famous, and glorious for the sake of the Lord our God. But that means all of you have to help. You have to do it. We can't expect our children to be doing it yet. We have to do it. 
And that means building the foundation. Thank God that God has given us this building. Building a legacy so that we don't have to worry that we won't be here three months from now. Helping to train up those young people so that they might have what they need to do a greater thing than we ever did. Just like Solomon and David. Solomon went on to conquer all the lands around to become one of the greatest kings in the history of the ancient world because his father had laid the foundation of peace for him. And he built a house, to the, a, a, a house for the Lord that was the glory of the ancient world. So we need to lay a foundation for our children and they will do things we were not able to do. There's so many more things. If I was going to live another 50 years, I could figure out how to do some of them. But but likelihood, I won't. <laughs> so I expect the next generation, Jared and others who in this young congregate in this congregation, young people, to take up the mantle for the sake of the Lord. So let's make provision for our children so that they have all that they need to be servants of the Lord. And one last young person, and that one is our Messiah Yeshua. And with Messiah Yeshua having taught them to hear the voice of God, made provision for their worship, we give them the opportunity to serve. So in Messiah Yeshua's case, he was a young man. He was about, they, t- they tell us, about 12 years old or so. And his family, as was their tradition, went up to Jerusalem on Pesach to celebrate the holy day. And it says that after the holiday was over, the caravan that he was, uh, he was uh, participating in were moseying on their way back home. And a couple of days into their moseying, the parents turned around and realized Yeshua was not there. And they realized they left him behind in Jerusalem. Now, that's a, that must have been a big crowd of people because, after all, how do you miss your son? Well, you know, for three days or whatever it was. Wow. Uh, any, anyway, they decide they better go back and get him. And in the Gospel of Luke, it tells us this. It says, Then after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When they saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us this way? Behold, your father and I have been anxiously looking for you. I I probably wouldn't have said that to my kid if he had been missing for three days. I had something else to say. He said to them, why is it that you're looking for me? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand the statement which he had made to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth. They continued in subjection to them. And his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And here's one of the most important sayings in this. And Yeshua kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. You see, here's the thing. We know he's the Messiah, right? 
And there he stood in the midst of all of these learned men, the rabbis of his time, conversing with them and puzzling them by his knowledge. And we all think, oh, well, he was the son of God, so he, of course he had a... Listen, just like any other person, he had to learn those things. And who taught him except his parents? God placed him in good and caring hands. And they took care of him. Yes, he probably had an IQ of 235. But, you know, nevertheless, you need knowledge to go along with that brain power. And he lived in a godly home, and he was able, through them, to see what is good. So we have to encourage our children. You see, here's something we really need to be doing, and that is encouraging all of our young people to participate in the life of this congregation. You know, one of the things that does bother me about congregational life here is that we, our kids need to be more integrated into the life of the congregation. We try to do a lot of things for them. But I'm talking about having them do jobs. The day they can, they can take a responsibility for something, they should be doing it. Healthy congregations have, they tell us, have three generations of active people in them. Those who are older and have wisdom. Those who are younger and have energy. And the younger generation, which is the hope of the future. If we're going to be thriving into the next generation, we have to have that same thing. And that means encouraging young people to come and participate fully in the life the congregation, one way or another. It was so gratifying to see uh, Jordan up there playing the piano today. It was, and was, and it was Naomi. It was, a, it was a duet. We need more musicians. Let's get them all up there. I know there are a lot more who can play instruments. Let's do that to help them learn to worship their own way with the Lord, just as Yeshua was doing. He was worshiping his Father while he stood there in the midst of the rabbis. And you know what? I believe we treat them with respect and they'll surprise us. Or maybe it won't be such a surprise that they can do what the, all the things that they'll be able to do. And as it says here, and Yeshua kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. And so will our children as they become models of the Messiah Yeshua themselves. I'll leave you with a story so the worship team can come back up. There's a story about Hadrian, the emperor, who wasn't a friend of the Jews at all. And it says, Once the emperor Hadrian was walking along the road near Tiberias in the Galilee, and he saw an old man walking, uh, working the soil to plant some fig trees. And Hadrian said, if you had worked in your early years, old man, you would not have to work, so, work now so late in your life. And the old man said, I've worked both early and late. And Hadrian said, a hundred years old, and yet you stand there breaking up the soil to plant trees? And the man said, if I am worthy, I will eat. But if not... As my father worked for me, I work for my children. 
Oh, Lord, our God, I pray that we will build a foundation upon which our children will build an edifice that will glorify you for all time. Lord, bless our children. Bless them with every blessing in the heavenly places. May we, O oh Lord, be empowered to bless them, teach them, and show them the way to their God. And we pray these things, Bishan Yeshua. Amen.